Hello, Wildcats. This is the Words to Wildcat podcast, season two, episode one. My name is Tommy Fernandez, and joining me is my co-host and friend, Relly Ruiz. What's up, Wildcats? We're very excited to have you here joining us today. This episode is dedicated to our diversity and inclusion pillar for the Wildcat Leadership Academy. And just today, we're going to be talking about creating space for BIPOC communities for future leadership development. And that being said, Aurelia and I, of course, aren't experts in this, but as students today, we wanted to have this discussion. And we thought it'd be great to have someone join us who has experience being a student leader on our campus. That being said, joining us is our own CW alum, graduating class of 2017 and former 2016 ASCWE president, Amanda Ortiz. Amanda, thank you for taking the time to join us. Would you like to tell people a little about yourself? Yeah, what's happening? What's good? What's happening, y'all? I'm Armando. Shuk, Mike Timo, Winnick Shush, Armando Ortiz. Hola, y muy buenas tardes a todos. Mi amo Armando Tiberio Ortiz. Soy Michoacan. All right. Uh, I am an indigenous, multi-ethnic person. Um, right now, I am joining y'all from colonized <clears throat> Duwamish land. I am Yakima. I am part of the Yakima Nation, which is where Central is located, part on my um, on my indigenous land. So I'm very, very excited to be here and continue to get back to the community. Um, yeah, went to Central 2014-2017, was a, a part of a, a lot of really dope student groups and organizations, stuff we're going to get into. My pronouns are he, him, his, and they, them, theirs, and let's, let's get into it. Dope. Thank you so much for telling the people, letting our Wildcats know who you are and what land we're on. Really appreciate that. Um, just really quick, we both know a little bit about you. You just let us know right now who you are, what you're about. Um, just to kind of dive in a little bit, we introduced you as the 2016 former student body president, which is dope. Great. Um, we wanted to kind of dive in for like just really quick on how you got to be or how, what inspired you to get there or want that position in the first place. For sure, for sure. So in 2015, um, there was a lot of uh, heightened racial tension, I think I would say, in academia. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the academic uh, realm and space around uh, Black Lives Matter, around um, <clears throat> police brutality, around access to things, right, within academia. And so the University of Missouri was one of the first really radical uh, academic spaces that started doing a lot of work at the administration and um, collegiate level around uh, owning and claiming space for black lives, right? So we were, me and, me and some of my colleagues and, and peers and mentors and, and friends, right? We're chilling one night um, at the library <laughs> and we, uh, we, got this, we got this message on, uh, on Facebook and on Instagram and stuff and our Twitters and uh, the University of Missouri uh, Called, had a call to action. They're like, look, if y'all are really down with Black Lives Matter, if y'all are really trying to do some stuff, right, um, there's going to be a nationwide action um, tomorrow, right? We got this thing at like 6 30 at night. So we're sitting there, you know, we're looking at each other. We're like, well, I guess, I guess you know, we shutting stuff down tomorrow. You know, and they, they said it, you know, we are, you know. And so that day, uh, in 2015, we shut down the CERC, uh, that little area like right before, uh, like right, where was it at? I don't really remember where it was at, but like it's the middle part, right? And there was about, uh, there was about 25 of us at first, me and my homeboy Gianni, um, shout out to my boy Gianni Glover, he's out there in LA right now doing some dope work. 
but me and Gianni kind of told everybody, like, look, we're going to make a unity circle. We made a unity circle, me and Gianni in the middle. And we just kind of started yelling about some stuff, right? We're like, yo, Black Lives Matter, you know, Black Queer Lives Matter, you know, blah, blah, blah. We was out there doing it. And then, you know, like clutched their pearls a little bit. And there was like, what are these people yelling about? You know, um, shut the we shut that part of the circuit down for about three, three, four hours. You know, the, some more folks came and joined us, right? Which is really dope. Um, the, uh, the Daily Record in Ellensburg um, came and like was, interviewed me on the side real quick. Uh, the former police chief came up to me and said, hey, Armando, um, I know you want to talk to Godino. Do you know if he's here? And I was like, nope, dead face. He's like, well, what are you going to do if he's not here? I was like, spoke for everybody in the group. I was like, well, we don't stay here until he comes back. Um, so we was all prepared to sit there in the circuit until, you know, the, the end of time, basically. Thankfully, you know, Godino was there because I would have been, that would have been a tough conversation with everybody. Like, hey, we're going to stay here, guys. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, but he came down, we talked to him for about uh, about an hour and a half. You know, he was listening to us, trying to figure out uh, the things that we wanted to, we wanted it at Central, but also like what we wanted to get done, right? Um, That's pretty amazing, man. You know, as like a leader, you know, you had to take that initiative to, you know, create that space for y'all. And since then, y'all have really made a big impact on our student government. And that impact being the diversity within the students. You know, for the past five years, there has been five consecutive BIPOC students being elected as our student body president. I, first of all, think that is amazing. And, you know, as a student here, that's something you can be proud of. You know, I feel like our school really wants to promote that we are a diverse community. And I think that, like, our uh, student government kind of, in a way, reflects that. And I think it kind of shows that we are moving into a good direction. And there is places where we can improve and we, we should work on to improve. I feel that we kind of have the stepping stone set. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I have uh, Michael, who's going to be the president this year. I have him on LinkedIn. And he uh, posted his gavel, and it says, Exxon Box Soccer on it. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm Mexican, Native American, and Filipino. So, like, when, you know, like, I'm going through my whole triality of, of uh, cultures, right, there's a lot of stuff that I definitely resonate with. And, um, you know, in my community work from high school and into in a central way, um, was like always something that, you know, my Filipinos like people was always like, yeah, this is kind of the, the thing that we do, like another one down, we're going to keep going, keep moving. Right. And so like when he posted that, I was like, I was like, I teared up a little bit. I was like, man, dog, like that's like that John filthy, you know, because I was, you know, like I was the first uh, native person to be, you know, a student government president. And I was huge especially, you know, Central being on my ancestral land, right? And then, you know, then being the third uh, Latinx person, right, was also really huge. And then um, my boy Gio after me, Edith, you know, being the first Latina, and then Jasmine killing it and being the first black woman to do that, right, was hella inspiring. And then having Michael, you know, be, be in the spot now, uh, super excited to see, you know, kind of what, what he wants to do and everything. And um, kind of like, you know, we talked previously last week, y'all were talking about a legacy and I don't, you know, like I don't try to toot my own horn about a lot of stuff, right? But then Michael said the same thing. He's I'm just carrying on like your legacy. And I sit there and I, I sat there, I was like, man, I ain't even met Cuddy at all. I ain't met dude at all. Like I know him on social media, right? And then just, you know, um, that's really it. And so like when I, like when he said that, I was like, whoa, like that's John crazy. You know, that thing crazy because I'm just like, I ain't really thought about it that way when I was doing my thing. You know, I was kind of just like, 
we just need to be in here, you know, because we need to know what's going on and why things are going on the way that they are. You feel me? So that's beautiful. Honestly, I was telling Tommy about this earlier that you may not have gone in with the intentions of like trying to do that, but the way it all worked out. And I know we talked about this a little bit last week, how you not only took the initiative to go forth and be that individual to be like, you know what, I may be doing this alone, but we're going to get the job done. And not only that, you mentioned how you were able to kind of like tell other BIPOC um, individuals to kind of like move forward. I know you told us that you um, helped Gio a little bit trying to get into his presidency and just all of that. Do you mind telling us a little bit more about like kind of like passing down the like the torch or a little bit of the knowledge that helped get everyone where they are today? Yeah, definitely. So like, there's always like, there's a saying that I always say, like, you know, I'm gonna leave the gate unlatched type thing. So I'm gonna leave my door, I'm gonna leave the door unlocked. Oh, I can get into the door. I'm gonna leave that thing unlocked, right? So other folks can get in, you know, like, even if like, you know, like there's some rappers like, oh, we come into the back, right? Me and my posse come through the back. Some rappers say that, right? It's like, yeah, well, me and my posse, we coming through the back then. You ain't letting me to the front, to the side. I'm gonna open the back door. We gonna open the window, whatever. We come, we, we in here. I don't really care what it is, right? So that's kind of like what it was. And I told him like, look, man, you know, obviously like, you know, we got other folks running with each other, you know, like kind of what we did last time. And that's kind of how it has to be. It's like, oh man, you wanna vote for me? Hey, you should go vote for so-and-so because they're they doing the same thing. Hey, let's go talk to them real quick. You know, like when we're all campaigning outside, like let's all campaign together, right? But, oh yeah, boom, there's three vote, three people you can vote for right here. Boom, that's a vote for everybody right there, right? So really like giving them some strat people strategies about like when it wasn't virtual campaigning, right? About how uh, not just to get your voice out there and everything, but also like how to tap into stuff, you know? So I'd always bring, I would always bring Gil to like, uh, like when I would speak to like football players because I had a really good connection with the football team, like a basketball team. So yeah, that's kind of like the, what, what the reason was behind it because I'm just like, we got to, not just we have to stay in here. It's like, we got to show these these people that we here for them, you know, because uh, like even though, you know, we 10,000 plus students, we're still very a very small um, group, of, group of people on campus and in the community. Like just hearing like this conversation alone, like there's just so much navigating in like the spaces, like you're talking about talking to football players and then going to like a faculty, like luncheon or whatever, like that's impressive. Cause like for me, when I first got here being a mujer of color, like I just, for the most part, didn't know how to navigate space. And I didn't know how to become a leader just because I didn't, I was shut down. Cause when I got here, I'm first gen Latina. I don't know anything about what's going on about anything. So it really took these communities, like our organizations and people like you that have really set the the tone for wanting to have this type of space, having that mindset where it's like, you know what, I care for you, don't know you, but I'm rooting for you type of thing. I feel like that's just one of the best things that I could have gotten out of like being here at Central and like being able to have that sense of community is just so impressive. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about like how you went about navigating the spaces? Cause I know for me, it was definitely tough. When I got to Central, I was already in my sophomore year. Um, and a lot of the people that I was interacting with were uh, like either older than me or, uh, or, or they were freshmen. I didn't really have a lot of folks at first in my, you know, in my um, year, right? And so a lot of the older cats was just like, nah, man, like it's kind of like how, how it's been, man, it's been kind of weird. You know, it's, it's kind of sucked. There hasn't been a lot of community. And I'm like, oh, but why? You know, like, man, ain't y'all lonely? Like, don't y'all like like to kick it with each other? 
It's like, yeah, man, you know, like we find, you know, our two or three friends and then we kick it with them. It's like, that's cool, man, but you can have, 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 it's not that like, you know, obviously like, you know, I keep my circle small no matter what, but it's like having a network for some people for when they first get here, right? Like, how, like how, how does that happen? How does that work? And so I realized real quick, you know, my sophomore year, I was like, yeah, ain't no like support like that, you know? And so I start, I really just started instilling in a lot of the organizations that I was in, like, you know, Boston, Black Student Union, Metra, you know, and kind of reestablishing a first generation student organization and working with, uh, working with Empire, which is now brother to brother, right? Like understanding, like, we need to have a way to have some sustainability. Like there needs to be some sustainability. So when, you know, uh, Armando comes to campus, right? He knows, you know, where the Rasa's at. He knows where to get, to go some, to get, you know, groceries. He knows where to get a haircut. Like there's other things that like are so vital to like people feeling um, safe and, and welcomed on campus that we didn't, it was kind of foreign when I got there. And I was like, that's weird, you know? Obviously some stuff happened, people graduate, people leave, you know, knowledge gets, knowledge gets left behind. Um, and I was like, I don't, I don't want that. You know, I want to make sure that there's a way where we can continue on in a, in a really dope way to have this sense of community at, uh, at Central because, you know, Ellensburg is a really interesting place, you know, living in a, living in a very, very, very white part of Washington state and also interacting with, you know, other BIPOC folks who have some very, have some very right wing views, right. And coming from, you know, high, high, you know, POC populated areas like, you know, like Yakima, like Sunnyside, like, you know, like parts of, parts of Seattle, you know, and it's a culture shock to be like, oh, snap, like, y'all is out here for real, you know, <laughs> that's weird. So making sure that people would not only just feel safe, right, but doing something that when I'm 30, right, I'm gonna come back and, and interact with cats and they're like, oh yeah, man, like you, what you did is still going on, you know? And like I said, again, like I'm very humble, like it's not to flex, but it's like, that's exactly why I did it. Because when my homies that, you know, these, these, young, these young men that I'm mentoring out here when, in, in, in my organization and playing, and the ones that I mentor playing football, like when they go there, they have some people to connect with. They have some people to go and go to. And I am like, yeah, no, go talk to, go talk to my mans real quick. You're going to be cool, you know? And putting them on to stuff that they obviously like I know about because it's that form of social capital that we don't understand that we need, you know, we don't realize that that's what it is we need until we're kind of there and we're, and we're kind of stuck. Like what you were saying, I was like, damn, you know, kind of shutting down, like, where we at though? You know, like, I, don't, I don't really know what's happening, you feel me? And so it's like having an opportunity to give exposure, especially like, you know, at, at, at the freshman orientations or transfer orientations, like, Yo, what's up? I'm out here. Come in, talk to me, you know, because it's like, I'm here to represent you. I'm here to serve you, right? So if you got a, you got a problem, like, let me know what's happening, and I'm going to try to fix it as much as I can, you know? And, and so, you know, some, some, you know, are like, hey, man, like, I don't have, you like, I don't have a, a friend group. It's like, all right, man, so what do you like to do having those conversations with, with first gen, uh, first year transfer students and everything, like, because that's important. You know, because then we don't we don't know where to go for community, and that's a and that's a very vital thing to kind of kind of the, the development of of ourselves, right? Trying to figure out what our next step is and who we actually are, because that's what a lot of what undergrad really is. You know, figuring that stuff out. That's great to hear. Honestly, just yeah, hearing man. all that stuff just makes me so happy. Because even though like right now we're in a weird situation here, I feel like just hearing that kind of like 
I guess like the words of encouragement almost just kind of like keep moving forward make sure that we're doing what's right for not only ourselves but for everyone like Tommy mentioned before, I feel like I'm going to take away from that, the keep the gate unlocked, making sure you're getting through the back door, make sure you're, you're trying to do something in order to stay here because it's tough. Cause I know that a lot of POCs, particularly like uh, male identifying POCs, there's some of like the highest dropout rates here. And I feel like just creating that space, like brother to brother, or as it once was known empire, like that's one of the most essential programs that we're probably going to have here at central just cause we know that it's it's tough for a lot of individuals. And I feel like creating those spaces for uh, leadership development for POC and then just um, like marginalized communities in general is like significant. It's extremely significant and it's like empowering. Yeah, and like this up and coming school year alone, there's changes gonna be everywhere. And I think that this could be an opportunity, you know, for us to really, you know, make an impact because students are going to be like lost and more alone than ever. Like for roommates this year, it's going to be one per uh, for, per dorm room, excuse me. So I just think that this is our time to like really build this community that could be via online, that could be, you know, you know, less than 10 people meetups, but you know what I mean? Just trying to just make sure that these uh, students aren't alone, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's hella important. I remember when I transferred to Central, uh, I didn't live in an apartment or anything. Because, um, you know, I knew a couple people there. Um, when I was at what is now the DEC, you know, I was at the Center for Diversity and Social Justice, and um, I'd already made a really dope community with them. And so, like, that was that was really my family for a while, you know, until, you know, Mecha and FASA and BSU kind of exploded a little more. You know. So, yeah, it's right. It's going to be real interesting how, you know, folks find community this year. It's going to be uh, interesting also, like, you know, the mental health effects of, uh, of students and if, some, if, you know, some students are even going to utilize those, right, because there's always a huge stigma in BIPOC communities around, um, around mental health and, and talking about your feelings and talking about um, what's, wrong, what's wrong with you, right, um, and that was one of the biggest things this past, you know, four years of my life that I had to kind of get over. I was like, I need a therapist, I need to go to therapy, and I've been going to therapy a lot now, you know, for the past uh, seven months, you know, kind of since that quarantine started, I was like, I need a therapist for real, you know, and so, yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see how people find community because, you know, there's always that stigma around, around it um, within community. All right, so just kind of going off of that, so like what we're talking about is like finding community and navigating those spaces, like I know for me when I was entering, I didn't know how to navigate nothing. I come from Sunnyside, Washington, my parents didn't teach me no professional or whatnot. And for those who can't see me, I'm using air quotes for the professional because it's whatever. You're going to be the person you're going to be. I just, for the most part, I'm the person you receive. I am like, I'm just here. I'm being present. I'm trying to be here for and be who I am. What do y'all think? Yeah, I think the most important thing, like as a person is authentic to yourself. I feel like there's sometimes when you're in a professional setting where you do have to code switch. You have to like change how your demeanor to like be professional. And I think that's something that I'm still trying to learn. And it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm inspiring to work on. But at the same time, it's just like, why do I have to change to this standard? Why can't I just genuinely just be myself? Yeah, that's, uh, that's true, you know? Um, Feel like a like a old like an old wise sage right now because there's a lot of stuff um, I can go into, but like 
I remember like specifically like talking about like my presidency, right? Um, going into running, um, everybody remembered me as like, oh, that's that angry brown dude that shut down the Cirque for like three hours. Like, man, that's the dude that I, he's the reason why I couldn't get a burger or whatever, right? Like there's a lot of folks that like identified me as that. And so it's real funny because we, I'd be walking up the mall like towards LNL <laughs> on the right side and I'm passing the dorm. You know, I'm, on, I'm in my headset, right? And like throughout my whole presidency, I would dress up every day. So I was like in a button up or a polo or something every single day. And, but I'd be, you know, in my thing, like listen to, listening to some rap or R&B or, or some corridos or something. And, you know, I'd be like, nothing the worst, like, uh, in my world, right? And then, you know, some folks would be coming and they like see me do the, and then like walk across the thing, right? And I'm like, oh, bet, you know? And so I'd be in my thing. And so when we get a little closer, I'm like, hey, hello, I'm Armando Ortiz. I'm running for student government president. I saw you walk across the mall. Just want to let you know that you, I'm very inspired on trying to connect and build community at Central. I would love to have a conversation with you when we have the time, right? I'm going to be tabling from, you know, and I would do on my whole spiel while we were walking, while they were going, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, bye, 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 you know, type thing. But I'm like, I see that, right? And I'm getting, I'm getting into this to say this because when I would be in these spaces, right, when I would go to Club Senate, when I would go to SNA, when I would go to uh, like everywhere, right? I'm, I don't care <laughs> about how you, what you think about me. I really don't. You have an opinion, that's great, cool, cool, fam. That's what's up. I'm still gonna tell you who I am, what's happening. I'm Armando, I'm from West Seattle, like born and raised, what's Gucci, I'm here. Um, but this is what I want to do. And this is how it also affects everybody, right? So having the, having them understand like, yeah, I'm an angry brown person, you know, I'm, well, I'm light brown, you know, but I'm, I'm an angry, mo I'm an angry dude, you know, I'm an angry mother effer, right? But for a very valid reason, because of X, Y, and Z, right? And so then when I would be interacting with um, like these, these administrators, like when, when, I, when I would talk to Godino, when we'd have our, you know, uh, monthly check-ins as, as when I became president, or when I would talk to the provost, or when I would go to faculty senate, like I would be like, "Yo, what's up? I'm Armando. Uh, I'm the student government president. Um, you know, and I'm like, this is kind of what's happening in in the in the uh, in the student setting right now, right? And then me and God, you know, would, would talk a lot, and I'd be like, "I hey, know what's happening, bro. Like, how you doing? You doing good, my G? You know, I would talk to him like, he, like he's a regular person to me because it's just like if I don't start destigmatizing." you know, uh, how people are interacting, you know, with uh, these other uh, BIPOC folks, right? There's no way that um, we're gonna be able to, to even be authentic within space, you know? And so even when I go to like professional events, either for my job or when I'm interacting with my youth here in, in my nonprofit organization, I talk exactly like I'm talking to y'all. It's just like, which handy, you know, I'm here. What's up, I'm Armando. Like I'm gonna keep using and doing uh, kind of the thing that I, that I normally do, right? Because you're, you're going to get me no matter what. And it's not like, um, it's not like you're going to be like, oh, wow, he's uh, unintelligent because of, because of what I'm saying, because I know, I know my stuff. Like I know what I'm doing. Right. But it's also like, you're going to get this work no matter what you feel me. So. That's awesome. And like, you're mentioning like all of this stuff, like, I'm just thinking about like, how your youth take it. Cause I know we've talked a little bit about what you've done after like, so like, I know that you were able to create a space for yourself in terms of like being a part of a BIPOC community and wanting to have that space in order to be a leader. 
later within CU, but how can any of those lessons and use them within your work right now? Yeah, so I mean, my youth receive it in a very interesting way, you know, because they, uh, they're not used to that. You know, I'm a, I, I do stay in operations um, for a nonprofit organization, right? And I'm teaching young people who this is basically their first job, right? I'm teaching them how to, how to work their skills obviously in a very capitalist society, in a very uh, production driven society, right? But I'm doing it in a way to where they're still gonna understand what I'm saying, even if the next person, it, I'm gonna say whites it up because that's kind of how, how, how it seems like, right? To them. And I'm just like, look, why can't I talk like this? Like who, who said I can't? Like show me who said I can't and, and then I'll have a conversation with them and tell them and show them why I can't. You know, because we have this stigma of like, oh, you can't do that. Oh, my God. Like, you're really doing this? Oh, oh, you're, it's like, yeah. Like, why not? Who, who, who said it? Who said I couldn't do it? Right? Like, it's like, for real, show me who said it. And I'm gonna have a very authentic conversation about why I can. Because that's kind of how it is. Because I, because I know they won't tell me how to run my life. I realized at a very young age, like, nobody gonna tell me nothing about myself. Right? Because I know me. Right. It's, it, it's a lot like, you know, when I work with, with educators, right. It's a lot like um, when they want to, when they don't want to give up power in a classroom, it's like, Oh, so the, you know, you know, the, 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 the 30 students that you have in here, you know, their whole life. It's crazy, bro. You've been there since birth, man. That's wild. So you know exactly what they're finna do next, man. That's crazy. So you know how they learn, man. That's oh Wow, dude, you're a freaking psychic, right? Like, you don't know me like I know me, right? And other cats, I don't know other cats like, you know, like themselves. So I never be like, I never get mad when people push back. I'm like, no, nah, this is not how it's supposed to be. It's like, all right, cool. But why not? Let's have a conversation about why not. You feel me? When it comes to coach switching, it's like, man, look, a lot of people, you know, like what you were saying, Tommy, like you got to get over it sometimes. You know, there's a lot of work that you got to do. But it's like, boy. That's a mentality most of us need to have. Me, especially. <laughs> That right there, open my mind right there. Just, oh, love that. Awesome, so now that we've had that amazing conversation and I've just had my mind blown and I'm over here learning new things about myself and RC Wu community, we're just gonna really quick unpack a little bit about this topic. So um, as Tommy mentioned earlier, we got something called BIPOC. We were talking about our five years of consecutive BIPOC presidency. So for those who may not be as familiar with uh, the term BIPOC, BIPOC stands for Black Indigenous, people of color and we're just trying to acknowledge and support them and make sure that they feel seen and heard because they go through their own struggles. We're trying to acknowledge that they are here, they're working hard and we just wanna make sure that they get the acknowledgement that they deserve. Um, also, we mentioned code switching within this podcast and just to unpack that a little bit, it's the practice of alter alternating two or more languages in a variety of conversations. So when we're talking about, it doesn't necessarily have to be like different languages, they can be uh, English, but my English could be different from Tommy's English, or we're just having different conversations. We're using different words. So that's what we're trying to talk about and code switch when we're having discussions. And to, again, unpack a little bit more, we got some stats for you, Wildcats, considering that we are um, having more discussions about diversity and inclusion here at Central. Just to inform y'all, our student body has as of 2019 fall, we have 11,516 students and we have 
52% identifying with European, Middle Eastern, or white identities. We have 18.1% identifying with the Hispanic or Latinx community. We got 8.4 multiracial, 7.9% not reported, 4.7 identifying with the Asian community, 4.2 um, African American or Black, 1% Hawaiian or Pacific Islander, or 0.6 Alaskan or Native American. And just giving you those statistics, I hope you keep some of that in mind because we do have a diverse population here at Central. But however, sometimes that does not always reflect within our workforce, faculty, or staff because we do have 80, above 80% within um, our workforce, faculty, and staff who are as white. And as great as those professors are, we hope to make sure that we maintain a lot of uh, diversity, inclusion, and we keep having these conversations because we don't all have to identify with the same identities, we can make sure that we are just creating a community. We don't all have to identify the same way, but we should all respect each other and we should make sure that we are helping uplift one another every single day here at Central. Yeah, that was very well said. And Armando, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure getting to know you and really get to hear your insights on uh, you know, your personal story and your experiences, man. Hey, I appreciate it a lot. You know, um, it's Central, you know, has a, has a special special spot in my heart um, just because of all the work that I let low-key, not high-key, but all the blessed experience I did put into, into you know, attaining that degree, but also, you know, like what we're talking about today, the, the establishing community and, and establishing, you know, ways of practice within those communities, right? Because I, I definitely understand, you know, how it is. Um, and, yeah, I appreciate y'all hella. Um, for just reaching out and, and having me on this. I'm super, super, super grateful, humble to be here. And um, yeah, and also, you know, like what I told y'all last week, you know, like any, you know, any CU student that does want support and needs support, I'm always, I'm always available and here for them. Um, and we just love to always just continue to connect in any way possible. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, Wildcats, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, or YouTube at Word to the Wildcat. And if you're interested in more amazing programs that the CLC has to offer, please check cwu.edu backslash CLCE and follow our social media pages, which are going to be linked down below. Also, remember that you can receive uh, credit towards the Wildcat, Wildcat Leadership Academy by simply just listening to the podcast. So um, that is also going to be on the CLC website for more information. Once again, thank you for joining us. I'm Tommy. And I'm Arely, and this has been Word to the Wildcat. <laughs>